Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello and welcome to Trade Show University, the podcast for virtual and live events, helping you get better results, helping you simplify, helping you take the stress away from your events and your trade shows. I'm Jim Cermak, your host, and I am excited because uh, here we are. We're in May 2021, and we are seeing so much positive movement in the industry more and more live events are being booked, and some are even taking place. And the best part about all that is that people are actually showing up. The attendees are showing up. Attendance figures have been strong. And registration for future events are outpacing expectations. It's just so, so great. So a lot of wonderful, positive things happening throughout the industry and so needed. And today's guest is going to be bringing you some great insights and behind the scenes for major events for both virtual and live. His name is Mache Kautz, and he is an international MC who not only speaks four languages fluently, but will give us some great advice for using an MC, what to expect from them. And if you've ever seen a uh, been to an event where they've ha got an MC and they're just making sure that the the event continues to go on smoothly, there's a lot that goes into that. It's more than just showing up. So he's going to give some uh, some some good behind the scenes and some great takeaways that every business is going to need to hear. So, and we're going to get into his interview in just a minute. But uh, with all the live events coming up, I've got a question: Do you have an event? coming up that you're going to be exhibiting at? If so, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Many of the exhibitors I've talked to mentioned they're a bit overwhelmed as uh, marketing departments across all industries have, on average, lost some people during the pandemic due to layoffs. And those responsible for planning shows, now they're more wearing more hats than ever. So they're a little overwhelmed with now having to fit in planning for these shows. It is time to simplify and to get back to the basics. In fact, the very first four episodes I ever recorded for Tracy University were all about hitting the basics. I highly recommend you going back to listen to all four of these. And over the next few months, we're going to be revisiting these topics because they're so important, especially as we get back to live events and companies haven't done a live event in uh, some companies, 18 months, two years. So it's time to blow the dust off of your your staff, off of your, your plans and get back to the basics. So here's what the, the very first four episodes I did. Episode number one was all about setting goals. Episode two is staffing your booth for success. Episode three, training your booth staff, which is so, so important and 
not just training them, training them in the right way and on the right things. So in episode four, creating your booth flow, it's a game changer. If you don't know what booth flow is, listen to episode four. It is, it's going to make all the difference in, in your, your booth and your exhibit. So go back, check out all those. I'll make it easy for you. Just go into the show notes, click on the show notes button, and I'll have links for all four of those episodes. You can just click on those and then uh, start binging some of the other episodes as well. But uh, if you still need help drilling in, simplifying, getting set up to master your next show, I'd like to help you, and I'd like to offer you as a listener a free 20-minute discovery call with me. We will discuss your big issues. We're going to discuss creating a custom plan for you. And you know, just head over to tradeshowu.biz slash mastery. That's tradeshow, the letter U dot B-I-Z slash mastery. And sign up for the free 20-minute call. You're going to get great feedback. And there's absolutely no obligation. So just get over to tradeshowu.biz slash mastery. Get signed up for that free 20-minute call. Welcome back, everybody. I'm very, very excited to bring on Mache Kautz. Mache is a TV and radio journalist whose smile breaks the ice. He works as a master of ceremony for major conferences and corporate events, including TEDx, the I Love Marketing event, and as well as many international events, including the European Union Baltic Forum. Mache studied at Appalachian State University and the University of Antwerp. He holds a Master of Laws degree, and you are just going to be thrilled and entertained by Mache today. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> Mache, welcome to Trade Show Hi, University. Hi, Jim. It's so great to be here, and, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, you and I, we met uh, We met about two months ago. Yeah. Mache was the, the MC at the Spark of Change International Conference. It was a virtual event conference, and he, I was so impressed. I was so impressed by what he did. I had to have him on because I saw he's far more than just a great-looking guy that was introducing people. Mache, tell us a little bit first, how, a little bit about your background and how you got started at being an MC. Okay, so once again, I was really excited to to be part of that conference that we met at. It was Spark of Change, an event that was aimed at people in the events industry who just really want to make their virtual events as good as their in-person or just the, the normal traditional events. Uh, you, you guys call them live events, I believe. Yes, live events, yeah. Right. And so it was so incredible to be part of an event that actually had three different stages and they would go in parallel. And so you as a viewer had the choice all the time because all the different presentations, they would start at, at the same time. So you'd have one of the three stages to choose upon from. And wow, you were during that conference on, on one of the most important stages, which was the engagement stage. And, and wow, how engaging you were. <laughs> I hope that maybe people, as soon as they hear our podcasts, they could also uh, see the video that we've produced, the, the one that highlights the, the, the best parts of the conference. And, and you're obviously there. And so maybe we could also somehow put the link to that in into the presentation. 
Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for your kind words. I, I am humbled by that. And and we will uh, jump into the show notes, everybody, and I'll make sure that there is a link to the uh, Spark of Change highlights video. And uh, you could take a look at uh, exactly what Mache yeah. is talking about. You know, just one last life hack. I hope you don't mind if I share it with our audience, because I'm sure you're actually very generous in, in sharing great knowledge. I really like the the advice that you gave uh, when it comes to sharing uh, something physical, even though the event is going to be virtual. So you actually went on to encourage people that they send something by like the traditional post office. And so for example, that could be a name badge with their photo on, or you said that a printed agenda would be great as well. And I love those ideas because I feel like uh, these days we miss the the human to human interaction very much. And so some of those were really helpful because they will make it so more probable for your potential viewers to actually remember to be there, to, to show up because sometimes our inboxes get so stuck with all of these notifications that it's, it's easy to, to, to have your message drowned there, but then this actual physical thing maybe will be stuck to, to like a fridge or something. You guys say the refrigerator, right? <laughs> or both. <laughs> we say fridge as well. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. And so I, I, I said to my viewers as well, when I was kindly sharing your great uh, insight, that as soon as you're stuck to that fridge, that actually is great for you as an event organizers, because it, it increases the chance of your event actually being consumed so much. And so I was really impressed, Jim, again. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Wow. This is turning into the gym show here. I, I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> thank know. you for your kind words. And, and oh my gosh, yeah, that was that was so much fun. I had a great time uh, sharing that, that information. And... And that is true, is as we are in a virtual world right now, we need that human interaction, we need that uh, that connection, and mm -hmm. sending something in the mail that, that will connect you to your audience is a great way to do it so that they have something in their hands and something that will remind them that, hey, the event's coming up today at two o'clock or whenever that is, exactly. so they don't, they don't get lost in just that sea of emails, like Bache said. So tell people, where, where are you right now? Where are you based out of? Because obviously mm -hmm. people are going to say, well, it doesn't sound like he's a, your typical guest, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's for sure. Uh, so I, I spent uh, quite some time in the US, but then I, I was a student back uh, in the 2011. Uh, that was in North Carolina. And, and believe it or not, but even though most Americans would, would really say Appalachian, just as you pronounce that, they would actually uh, prefer Appalachian State oh, University. Oh, okay. I have to write that down. <laughs> so I was one of the mountaineers because it's actually in uh, the Appalachia Mountains. And it was in a really small town called Boone. I, and I love that place. But when it comes to my whereabouts right now, then I'm based in Poznan, which is a city of half a million people just between Berlin and Warsaw. So if you ever take a train from Berlin to, so I mean the, the German capital to the Poland's capital, well, then you sure will have a stop in this city that's between the two major cities. And I have my studio in here. Your listeners might not be able to see that, but we actually have some, some really nice 
things, solutions here so that we can be heard by everybody in, in a better quality. And I feel like in uh, the days of online uh, virtual events, it counts all the more. Like it, it really matters that that you do invest in in some good quality uh, solutions, and and so that is something that you do for your viewers, for your listeners. And I've been an MC for no less than ten years, but then I. I just admit that I don't really feel like just the, the number will, will really tell you the story because if somebody tells you that they've had the driver's license for 10 years, does it tell you that they're good drivers? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I'm just the person who really likes the connection and that's something that I look out for. So when I host an event, uh, I want to make sure to bring people closer and I feel like it's all the more challenging these days uh, when we're not physically present in, in one hall or room. But then I want to make sure that through sharing knowledge, for example, about the different speakers, but also sharing what the audience has to say, reading out their comments, reading out their names, and, and just having shout outs uh, to them. I feel like that's maybe something that will help, help us come closer together. So definitely human connection is, is one of my biggest focuses these days. And I also want to make sure that people who are not necessarily so stage savvy would have the chance to tell their story, even uh, when they are stressed or uh, just uh, really uncomfortable in, in front of the cameras. I will be the one who not just introduce them, but then somebody who will try to break the ice and, and make them feel more at ease. So, so these are some of my specializations, although I didn't want that to sound that serious. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, but it, and you do that so well. You do that so well. From our, my experience with you at the Spark of Change conference, I was absolutely blown away because my vision of, of a Masters of Ceremony is someone who reads the bio, introduces the next speaker, and then that's about it. But Macha, you did so much more than that. You did so much more. I, when I was introduced, or you introduced me, you, mm -hmm. knew, you knew specific things about my podcast, about my audience, and about me when you did the introduction. And then we had a conversation before and after I went on. And you did. You did exactly what you said. You broke the ice. You put me at ease. Where I, before I got into my presentation, I was nervous. But then talking with you, it just, it, it, it made me more comfortable. It made me more comfortable. So tell us. Thank you what, for saying what, that. What do you do in preparation for an event? What is, because you gave me a whole new vision of what a Masters of Ceremony does. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, for saying that. When it comes to my preparation, uh, I just really want to make sure that I do my journalistic research and it might have to do with the seven or more years that I spent working on TV and radio. I actually produced and hosted a radio show with all the foreigners that live in Poland. And so that's uh, Poland's only radio show in English. Oh, wow. And, and that, that's really exciting. And, and that's where I actually met so many people uh, from around the world. Traveling has always been one of my, my favorites, but not just, you know, visiting sites, 
I, I would focus much more on, on meeting people and getting to know their stories. And so I feel like that that's always been part of my DNA. And then when it comes to events, I would look for the human side of uh, our next speaker. And that means that I will search the internet so long as as I finally find something that's more personal about that person. And so just to just to give you an, an example, sometimes I would start with their LinkedIn accounts. And then usually it just says what their, what their official occupation is. And I appreciate that because it also sometimes needs uh, to be mentioned. But then I, I look for their recent activity. I, I, I scroll all their posts and try to see what's important for them. So maybe just like, just like Jim, uh, you, you'd be someone who posts a lot uh, about the trade show industry. But then maybe between those posts that there would be something uh, along the lines or of work-life balance. And, and maybe you would have some, some uh, insights. Maybe you commented on somebody else's post saying that, oh, you know, some time ago I struggled with that and I found one really nice solution to that. And I might actually take note of that, that small entry that you had on, on somebody else's profile. And then I might actually come up and, and ask you about that on, on our event, because maybe that insight will be valuable for somebody. And it also will humanize you so that, okay, it's not just James Cermak of the Trade Show University podcast, but it's actually someone like me who, who these days works from home and maybe has hard time juggling between the different the different tasks or or looks for for the the right balance and so that would be just one of those examples the more i'm able to read about you and to listen about you the better it becomes i'd like to have a feel even before i actually meet you in person of how you interact and so sometimes just a few minutes of listening to somebody, but then also being able to watch him and, and his gestures and his, you know, facial expressions, that kind of gives me an idea of what that person would be in interacting. Would they be the type that's very open-minded and, and easygoing? And then I could maybe go a little bit further in asking about some, some, some of their passions or would I have the feeling that, oh, this is the kind of a person that maybe is more reserved. And so I'll try not to add insult to injury because maybe they're not a fan of public speaking. And so I try to make it as smooth as possible and maybe not make the intro too long, for example. Yeah, well, a lot of research, a lot of research and homework that you do yeah, ahead sure. of time. So for anyone that is out there considering, you know, maybe we should have an MC4R virtual event for our live event. This is they're they're hopefully starting to get an idea that this is not something that you talk with the MC the morning of the event and say, okay, here's here's your lineup and here's the bios. This at what point should they get you involved? Actually, as soon as possible. So I, I know it might be counterintuitive, but I try to emphasize that having us interact many months in advance makes perfect sense because sometimes you would be searching for the speakers for a conference, let's say experts. 
And then you might contact them very much in advance so that you make sure that their dates are available, that they have some free spots to actually be on your conference. But then some of the most, how would you say, the, 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 the most demanded or the most frequently chosen MCs might, might actually be booked uh, very, very long in advance as well. But then I actually very much encourage my clients to put me in the loop as soon as possible. So maybe there are some technical issues that you want to discuss with uh, the studio that will help your event be aired around the world. Or maybe you have some of your employees uh, go through the agenda and maybe they just imagine that one minute for every intro would be enough. How about we make it a little bit longer, but then we actually have more of that connection? Because if we just go from the introduction, and I mean the, the traditional way of thinking, like the, the kind of MC that you just mentioned, that that they come in, in the morning and they, they get the agenda and they some, somehow go with the flow. In, in my version, uh, that would be more of an interaction between each of us, because especially now in, in the virtual events, you would have some distance because of the internet, because we're not in the same space. And then if, if we have a, a chance to chat and, and to have some more interaction, not just with the next speaker, but also with our viewers, that makes it very, very much standing out. So, so just to give you an example, sometimes you might want to have your host MC have a tablet in their hand, not just so that they have the agenda there, but actually that they're still live and connected to the feed of your event so that they can actually see all of the comments coming up. And maybe the MC would not just be prepared to intro everybody and, and to greet all of those people, but how about they actually have some previously prepared questions, some questions that they prepared in advance. And so imagine that you start that event, not just with your speakers and with your audience, but then also with interacting with the audience. Like you, you know that some retailers of bikes would be your viewership. And then how about you immediately right out the gate, like you said in your presentation, I remember that James. So, so start interacting right at the gate, right? That's what you said, I yes. believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. The more you interact with your audience and are reaching out to them, think about uh, you're going to get better engagement. You're going to have people that are leaving your event with a lot of wow moments, and mm -hmm. they're going to get so much more out of it when they're engaged. And so you bring up so many f fantastic points. Thank you so much for that. And I think everyone is starting to get an idea. Wow, I need to have an MC. Hopefully they're thinking that. And for Mache, I, you you ha you bring so much production experience that you can you can add value to the whole planning of the event as well. Isn't that correct? Uh, I agree very much because many times you would have people who are very good at what they do, and so sometimes your event is not big enough to hire a huge event agency, event planning organization. 
but then you might want to have a person that will be your your safe haven in terms of something goes wrong and then what do you do so another part of virtual events jim i believe is that a lot of things can go great but a lot of things can can go problematic oh, and yeah. and sometimes that's the internet connection and other times it's some of your speakers not showing up yep. so so these are the moments when an mc can somewhat make it not stand out or make it not so visible so sometimes i will try to distract the attention of people from that uh, mistake of ours and actually take full responsibility but then try to to make it very smooth and make sure that whatever comes up we're prepared for that because an mc that that you want to hire is probably the one that will be on your side you just want to have somebody who will try to make things work and obviously with with virtual events there are some some things that can actually go crazy yes they can yes they can so it, yeah having somebody who is experienced and is constantly thinking of the overall the overall audience experience what are they going through right now of course everyone may have noticed that there's some technical challenges but you don't need to focus on them you don't need to focus you need to focus on the content you need to focus on the event organizer and the value that you're trying to bring so outstanding stuff Let's talk about something that I, I know is becoming more and more of an important, important issue. It's not really an issue. It's an opportunity, really, is that with virtual events, I've been talking to a lot of show organizers, and they said, you know, when we, we have our live events, we might have, it might be a smaller event, like 300, 500 people. It might be, you know, several thousand people. And then the, in this past year, they switched to a virtual event. And all of a sudden, instead of 500 people, they got 2,000 people, and they mm -hmm. found they were getting them from all over the globe. Mm -hmm. So now you have this international component that wasn't there before. With that, and obviously, you have a lot of international experience in tying audiences sure. together to be able to communicate with audiences together. What have you found, especially with your experience and Obviously, you, you speak multiple languages, so tell us what languages you speak and then how you are able to best interact with different audiences. Sure. So I, I speak my mother tongue, that's Polish. I, I speak German, uh, French, and uh, English. Wow. And then I'd say, I'd say that it, it really helps because sometimes you will have people from so many countries, especially when I do events here in Europe, then I'd say that it happens very much quite often that there are people from Italy, from France, from, let's say, from Bulgaria, and then knowing a little bit of, of their cultures, but, but just knowing a little bit about everything is something that I think a good MC would, would do. So you want to be very sensitive towards some specific, you know, rules that apply to, to, to different cultures. You don't want to say anything that will offend anybody. And, and even when you welcome people, there, there would be different ways of doing that. And so I feel like an MC that is culturally aware of, of those things, but who also is able to say a few words in, in, so, in so many of those languages would be really appreciated because it does give you that feeling of 
home away from home, even if, if this is such an international event, if there are moments when we, for example, have that check on all the countries that are that, that their participants are connecting from, I feel like that's this magical moment when we can have that international interaction. And actually, I I haven't mentioned that today already. But one thing that I that I really love about virtual events is that you can actually welcome your audiences, your viewers, to participate not just in, in a passive way but in an active way. What I mean by that is that your viewers would at some points of your event be also welcome to turn on their cameras and to join with their audio or sometimes also with their, with their video. And just these short moments of interaction from with people from so many places of the world I'm connecting to and that speaker of ours Sometimes these small things make people fear, feel more welcome. Yes, and I love that about why, how you do that. And it, it is, it's so <laughs> engaging. And, and I love how you, how you said, you know, people turning on their camera. And even if you have the opportunity to connect one-on-one, -on -one, maybe bring somebody else live in with the, the conversation one-on-one -on -one from the audience, from the attendees. That yeah, why just have... Why just have your audience ask questions in the chat box? Yeah. Why not sometimes let them ask that in person? I think if you have a good moderator, by which I mean a person that will somehow filter all these questions and make sure that that person uh, will have some, some great question to share and, and not just want to play around, well, that will make your event feel like we're really on an equal basis. And you know, when, when, when you'd ask me about my why and, and why I just really love doing what I do and why it is important to me, I'd say that one of my particular goals of, of collaborating with events organizers, but also with all these audiences, is to make everybody feel at ease at home, but also at, a, at an equal playing field. So that there, there's no, no, so not really much distinction between our guests, the special, the, the special speakers, and you know our our uh, keynote speakers, and then the audience somewhere there. To me, it it is important that we really all can mingle, and it, that that it really is a melting pot. And so that's something that I would look look out for. Absolutely. And, and I know that if I'm an attendee and someone gets pulled in, another attendee gets pulled in live to talk and ask a question, all of a sudden I am, my awareness is even greater. And cause I'm thinking I might have that opportunity as well. So I'm paying even closer attention to what is going on. So now you have met, you have brought everyone a little bit closer to you by by selecting one or two people to come on live. So that's just fantastic advice you know, there. You know what, Jim, I, I actually used to do that in, in, in the, in the real events world in, in the, again, you, you call them live events in the U S right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so back in the days when we were able to meet in person, I would sometimes reverse the, the equation and just ask a question to, to an audience member. And, and many times I would use my scanner that has to do with in, having interviewed like a thousand people in my career 
that somehow lets me know if that person will be fine with me asking a question, you know, just without prior notice. And, and many times the way it would work is people would then be more concentrated uh, on, on, on just following what's happening on the stage. Because what if that crazy guy asks me a question? <laughs> I just really want to be uh, curious now. And I just really want to be careful. And so that was back in the day. But I feel like these days, virtual events really make that much more comfortable and much more natural. One thing that I wanted to say about chat box actually is that think of the difference. So in live events world, when somebody was in the first, second, third, or whatever uh, row of audience, it would not really be considered nice. It actually would be considered rude if they, if they talk to each other, especially if they're too loud, because there's somebody presenting on the stage. Right. But then it's not a problem at all if you have a speaker present their, their great stuff and you have people commenting parallel to that. And it actually enhances the whole experience. If you have a host actually respect those entries and really show that he is interested in, in having that them part of the talk with the speaker as well, then it can bring you to some, some genuine interaction that can change people's approach and sometimes i believe uh, at the end of such event people will be like my god i actually did not remember having so so much of of an use of a real world uh, and life event because i was always too shy to come closer to those people to approach them so that coffee break was never enough for me <laughs> but these days i can actually be part of their talk and that gives me so much, so many more great ideas. And many times those moments in the chat box or with the, with the MC and the speaker, all of us together, those will be great conversation starters. And then you as an event planner would be so proud that your event has been the gateway to some great conversations and then some great actions because those people will then stay in touch. You're bringing up so many great ideas and got my wheels spinning as to what does the future hold? You know, what does the future hold when we, we start coming, these live events are starting to come back, I know. And, and which is really, really exciting. But think about the future. Uh, and something that just popped in my head as you're talking, now if I am in an auditorium and I'm in one of those fr first few rows or anywhere in the auditorium, and so, and there is a speaker on stage, maybe there will be an opportunity where I could still be part of a chat. And maybe they will get, maybe they'll have a tablet with some of the key questions that are coming up from the audience that they can answer so. live. This is just kind of bringing these two worlds together. I see think so of that. many opportunities. And think of that. What if some of your audience was there in person and then some group would be just joining virtually then you would have a true hybrid and, and what's great is that you would have the, the best of the two worlds some of those people might be holding their tablets in the audience but some of them might actually be doing that at their home or their office 
And then if there's somebody who would like to be very active in that conversation, but has come in person to that event, well, if they didn't take their tablet, maybe you would have in, in the near future, people just lending them the tablet, or maybe a smartphone would actually be enough. And right. so, so that is, is a new world of opportunities. And so I hope that some of these changes would have happened naturally, even if it hadn't been for the pandemic. But then I feel like the pandemic has been such a huge accelerator in some of these changes. Obviously, it is a shame that, that we've had the pandemic and we want to make sure that it, it ends very soon. Actually, a big appreciation from my side to, to the U.S. being so effective in, in vaccinations. I, I hope that the European Union will, will follow, but, <laughs> but we're not as successful yet. But then I really hope that some of those great solutions that have, that have come together with the pandemic will stay uh, for good. Yes, I agree with you 100%. And as I, I remember, I can't remember who said this first, but life is not what happens to you, but it's how you react to what happens mm -hmm. to you. And and COVID happened to the entire world, and it, it changed our industry forever. But it's not about what happened and all the bad. It's what lessons are we learning? What new innovations? What new things are we putting in place? What can we learn from the virtual world that we've been in for the last year and take that over into our live world to create that new hybrid experience? Thank you, Maches. This has been fantastic. I, I've Thank been you, fascinating on the edge of my seat as, <laughs> as we've been talking here. So as we wrap up, what are, what, do you have one or two quick takeaways, things that you want people to really take from today's episode? Yeah. So I'd like them to, to open up to the perspective of a genuine interaction with their viewership and just to step out of the comfort zone because I feel like something about live events in, in our previous days was something that we just got used to doing. And it was our uh, natural thing to do that we would have the audience and the speakers. So like the, the, the cool kids and then the viewers <laughs> as somebody who would just uh, sit there in quiet and, 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 and applaud everyone and, and be uh, thankful. I feel like it, it would just make uh, the whole event so much nicer and, and so much genuinely meaningful uh, to all of our participants if we really let them in, uh, regardless of the form, whether it is virtual, hybrid, of or or uh, live event, I feel like it is worth incorporating our audience much more than than we've previously had. And then when it comes to having an MC at your event, sometimes you might not even be aware of some of the advantages that that they might bring you. First of all, if you are an organizer and you also want to be the person holding the microphone, well, then you then you run the risk of being very busy and just not really being uh, able to be there for your participants and for your audience because you would be too busy preparing for your next speech on the stage. But then it, it doesn't only buy you that luxury, but it also lets you have somebody who is very experienced in allowing a lot of talk happen at the same time. And so I feel like something that 
professional MCs do very well is that they're able to take so many feeds at the same moment. So they would be able to to do multiple tasks at, tasks at the same time and then not be afraid of something that was not scripted. I, I believe like a genuine master of ceremonies would be the one who who doesn't require everything to be scripted and planned in advance because you cannot script and plan in advance a real human interaction. And then if you open up to that, wow, uh, that's where the magic happens. Oh my gosh, so much great stuff to consider. Thank you, Machi, for, for uh, those couple takeaways. And, and uh, as a recap, an MC can help you break down those barriers between your audience, your sponsors, and the, the, the show organizers to bring everybody together effectively. That is just outstanding. So thank you so much. So if people want to reach out to you and find out more about what you do, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm available on the internet. You should just uh, type in Machi Kautz. But if you just write MC and then you put my last name, which is Kautz, that's K-A-U-T-Z. I believe you'd be able to find me. And then Jim will incorporate a link about myself, I believe. And so that should help as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mache. And I will definitely click on that show notes button and I will have links to Mache's website where you could read more about him and what he offers, some some links to videos and his social media posts and mm -hmm. uh, platforms. Mache, thank Sounds you like so plan. much. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> me today and sharing so much great value. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. And thank you for, for all the great work you're doing. <laughs> thank you, Mache. And everyone, thanks so much for joining us check out what Mache has to offer and and really consider what can an MC do for your upcoming events and continue to come back here to Trade University, continue learning, continue growing and keep getting better results. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time here on campus at Trade Show University. Hey, Trade Show Warriors, if you've got a virtual or live event coming up in the next six to 12 months, please get over to my website at tradeshowu.biz, sign up for our email newsletter, and I will send you the top 52 trade show tips. Absolutely free. My gift to you, tradeshowu.biz, and sign up for the email newsletter, and you will get the top 52 trade show tips sent to your email right away. Don't delay. Get those tips.